All right, welcome back to episode number two of the IDP Plus podcast. We have kept our commitment to come back to you um, in a consecutive week here. We're recording on Monday night. You'll have this on Tuesday. So, uh, Matt, congratulations. We have, you know, we've started a streak here. Yeah, we did it. This is a successful podcast. Two means it's it's a successful podcast. So we did it. (laughs) Excellent. Yes, Uh, we're going to try just as much fun as uh, last week as we're talking through part two of our ADP uh, versus consensus rankings over on our website at idpguys.org. So again, this is data that we're collecting, um, both the ADP, we are doing uh, mock drafts on Sleeper uh, with people who play IDP. So you're getting real data from real players, not computers or auto picks, things of that nature, versus um, our team of consensus rankers, which two of them are right here with you right now. Um, so we're just kind of looking at what are people doing versus kind of what we're suggesting to do and trying to hammer out those differences for you. So if you're doing, you know, dynasty startups or uh, redraft is right around the corner here, we're going to try to help you make the best decisions here and, um, you know, go with go with our advice or go with uh, the public. So um, we're going to dive back in. So, again, this is part two. Um, I sort of left you guys off solo uh talking about Zaire Franklin last week so we touched on him so a guy that's right above him on the right side on the ranking side that I want to get right into is Miles Garrett the defensive end for the Cleveland Browns he's coming in as our DL6 on the consensus rankings but he is far above that in ADP over at DL3 and actually the fourth overall defensive player um so matt how what is what does this say to you um in, in the discrepancy here between miles garrett uh, rankings wise versus adp wise yeah i mean it, it's a conversation in dynasty a lot of the time we kind of touched on it in episode one uh where there's current production versus sort of the future mm-hmm. right so we're about to get into a lot of the sort of stud players like we're talking top 15 where uh if you'll be happy getting most of these people so it's really a matter of you know, point structure for your league of who you actually want. Uh, but again, Dynasty, we have Miles Garrett as DL6. Uh, the, uh, you know, 80, the other side has him as DL4. So we have him about in the same the same right. zone. Uh, we mentioned last time that our rankings try to factor in every scoring type, uh, right. where especially with a defensive line where uh, tackles are more at a premium. Uh, yeah. So so that's why you you'll, we have more linebackers higher in our list uh, than, you know, sort of the the other side. So I don't think this is a slight on Garrett as a player. Like, we know he's a stud. He gets at least 10 sacks literally every year, right? Yeah. So he's great. Um, but just a reminder, look at your look at your scoring. Mm-hmm. Like, look, look at what they're doing. Uh, obviously, sacks are always nice. Uh, but he's not going to provide you a huge floor of tackles. But when right. he gets you 10 to 16 sacks a year, you're going to be happy. Yeah. Past two years in a row, 16, which is a monster. So, yeah, you you nailed it. The, the discrepancy there is really where we are trying to provide sort of a, a – we're trying to cater to as many people who play IDP as possible, right? So you've got scoring settings that are going to be all over the place. So a guy like Garrett is 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 very sack dependent, like you just said. Yeah, he gets a, a crap ton of them, but 
he he's not like a Max Crosby where he's pushing a hundred tackles every year. Um, and he's an amazing DL. Again, a lot of the guys we're going to be talking about here are sort of splitting hairs. We're also we mentioned that we do the um, the ADP uh, data mining through Sleeper, where you have a lot of those dual eligibility guys. So guys like TJ Watt, um, Micah Parsons, who are eligible at both defensive line and linebacker. So that sort of, um, I think, pushes him down in our rankings a little bit just because those guys provide that smidge of extra value, having that dual eligibility, especially if you're playing like a best ball league where it's going to just slot them in where where they fit, um, however they score that week. So Miles Garrett is a is a amazing top-tier dynasty asset. There's, you know, Let's make that very clear. We are not fading Miles Garrett at all. It's just sort of the way things shook out with, um, with sort of some of these the eligibility behind these these guys. So um, again, you know, they are having a new defensive coordinator coming in, Jim Schwartz. So we hope that that doesn't negatively impact Garrett. Um, we're actually thinking it's going to be quite helpful for two of the new guys that have come. Uh, come to the defensive lines, Darius Smith and um, Agbo, I'm just going to call him Agent Double O, um, from, over from Houston. So pretty bullish on all of them. Uh, they can all eat there for sure this year. So, yeah, again, Miles Garrett pushed down our rankings sort of due to some eligibility, and we're pushing up a lot of linebackers um, because, you know, again, catering to a broader range of players, you're probably in leagues that are – uh, heavy with um, tackle scoring over sack scoring. A lot of people seem very hesitant to go heavy or aggressive with sack scoring. I actually encourage people to be aggressive with sack scoring so that guys like Miles Garrett are way more valuable than some of the guys ahead of him. You can see here Logan Wilson or Devin White, like guys that I would much rather play in a league that values Miles Garrett ahead of those kinds of guys. But unfortunately, we're, we're working to get there slowly but surely. But there's just not as many of them as you would like to think out there. So Miles Garrett, top tier defender, uh, absolutely justified at the ADP. I think you'll see possibly some updates to the rankings, getting him uh, moved up up a little bit there. So hundred <laughs> percent. Um, okay, another guy I want to uh, jump to then a counterpart um, who actually does not show up on the top 25 from the rankings is Aiden Hutchinson over on the ADP side um, as a DL7 uh, versus let's let's throw him up against uh, uh, Max Crosby. So let's talk about both of them. Again, DLs. Um, so who, who do you prefer? So a lot of people go, went nuts for Aiden Hutchinson because of the age. He had some really boom games, but he also disappeared. Whereas mm-hmm. Max Crosby gives you that, those, he, you know, he gave a hundred combined tackles this past season um, to go along with double Jesus sacks. So are people, you know, going to be enamored with the youth of Aiden Hutchinson or they, should they stick with sort of that Mr. Consistent guy in a guy like Crosby, who's not old by any means, but he's been in the league a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about your risk and obviously the value of when you're drafting these people. So, I mean, you can see it, you can see it right here. He's going off the board as, as DL seven. So that's quite the hefty price tag. Uh, Obviously it is dynasty. So you get him for the rest of his career, which is nice, but I didn't necessarily love what I saw from him his rookie year in terms of a consistency 
value. Uh, it's tough. D linemen take longer to kind of fill into their NFL form. So obviously it was, he had nine and a half sacks last year. That's nothing to sneeze at for a rookie. Uh, but why he's not even showing up on our list is some of that. Yeah. That consistency value that you're going to get uh, from someone like a Max Crosby, like in his four years in the league, he's had 10, seven, eight and last year, 12 and a half sacks. Like that's really nice consistency. And last year even, came in with 89 combined tackles. So he gave you a nice floor and he added the sacks. Like that's, that's really nice. So uh, again, are you willing to spend uh, a big old pick on Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson uh, with those kind of question marks in terms of consistency? Uh, maybe depends on what your team's sort of looking for. Right. Uh, I, I mentioned in the last episode, I, I, usually prefer which is probably reflected in these rankings some of the more consistent veteran people they sort of know what you're going to get it's easier to build the team sort of around and you don't have to spend as much draft capital in getting them because people often uh, sort of fade them uh but you'd be happy with either uh, obviously i think hutchinson will have a, a a nice a nice big year and next year maybe these will be flipped flipped around uh but you know, I give me give me the eighty nine combined tackles and twelve and a half sacks from Crosby any day. Yeah, and I don't think that production is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I don't know if they got, uh, you know, they added Tyree Wilson in the draft, a big big name, and finally unloaded Cleveland Farrell, a humongous bust <laughs> that has been clogging up their roster and probably some uh, dynasty IDP rosters for a few years here. So if anything, uh, maybe Wilson helps, uh, helps Crosby get some, get some more sacks, uh, this year. So we could even see him pushing for that number one overall IDP spot. I'm super bullish on Matt Crosby. So I, I agree with the, um, with, with the ADP there on the left side, uh, as DL four, I think that's a perfect spot for him. I, I've been taking him over Miles Garrett. Yeah, the the sacks weren't as much as Garrett, but man, it's nice when you know if you you know when you have those games where they're missing out on a sack, but he's got four or five, six tackles, maybe batted down a pass, maybe forced a fumble. Uh, those games, you know, when he can give you double digit fantasy points without having a sack, I absolutely love that floor. So I'm a big, big Max Crosby guy. Um, so, so I like this. Uh, Hutchinson, I think I think he's fine where he is on the ADP um, at DL7. Uh, I'm trying to think about it. I think – so going into that last year, I was actually a Thibodeau over Hutchinson guy. Um, sure. I, I, yeah, it was – I still think the jury's out. I think, still think we've got a couple years for that question to be answered. But I think I'm sticking to my guns. I think I'd slightly prefer him. Um, still over Hutchinson just because of that. We saw some. I mean, he absolutely had game at least one game with a, with zero burger. Um, and you, and you don't want that. That that really hurts on those kinds of weeks. So, um, so that's kind of the battle of the DLs there. Um, some interesting linebackers I'd like to talk about. Uh, Jordan Brooks, Devin White. We touched on Fred Werner, uh, Warner and Quay Walker in our last episode. So if you want to hear our takes on that, you got to check out last week's episode. But Devin White and Jordan Brooks are two guys that are interesting to me because one's dealing with an injury and one is dealing with the fact that he is seemingly not good anymore. 
anymore. <laughs> um, Brooks sustained a, a pretty rough, uh, I think it was an ACL injury, extremely late in the season last year. So he's basically a, a, a nothing for this year. If he comes back, you know, at, at the very end of the season, maybe like the last three, four games, I think that would be lucky and aggressive. So that hurts. You know, if you're going basically a full season without him, even though we talk mostly in dynasty rankings, which by the way, for a redraft, I mean, if you don't waste your time on Jordan Brooks, let somebody else hold on to him for the entire year. I mean, unless you get an IR spot that you want to stash him in, but I'm I'm not bothering with that. So that's a quick tidbit for, for my advice there on mm-hmm. Brooks for just this year. <laughs> um but man, it really kind of clouds his dynasty. And then Devin White apparently wants out of Tampa Bay. He had that one really good year. I believe it was like two years ago where he was pushing like nine and a half, ten sacks, and everybody fell back in love with him. But since then, I think it's been like two pretty down years for him. So um, I'm kind of in agreement. Like I'm kind of fading both of them if I if I can and moving them if I can. How about you? Yeah, I'm in the same spot, and I like just comparing the – you know, the overall. So we have Devin White as linebacker seven uh, on the ADP side from our rankings. We have him as linebacker eight. So I think that's about the right value when you're getting sort of in the, the second half of the uh, first tier, I guess we'll say uh, of starting linebackers. Like he has yeah. that upside, right? So yeah, you're talking about a second year there at 140 combined tackles, nine sacks, which is nice. I mean, look at his stat lines the next couple of years. They're not bad. It's just all about expectation. Yeah. Right. So last year, 124 combined tackles, five and a half sacks. A year before that, 128 combined tackles, three and a half sacks. Like that's still pretty dang good. Like if you're, if if you're, if you're getting that as your, you know, linebacker two, linebacker three, that's great. We're talking about the seventh overall ranked linebacker. Right. So it's, it's a name I kind of like other people reaching and paying that sticker price. Uh, for for white while i kind of find somewhere else yes. uh you are obviously or if you're in a league where you are playing with less savvy idp folks and you can slate them <laughs> white in as your linebacker too which I, right. I do sometimes in my family leagues like that's <laughs> that is great value you're not going to be mad about that he, he is still very relevant yeah. uh, and as you mentioned jordan brooks is just so fascinating because anytime he's seen the field he's been just an absolute stud he's mm. he's so good just looking at looking at his stats oh, yeah. his, his rookie year he only had 57 combined tackles and six games started but as a full-time starter you know right. 184 combined 161 combined like that is ridiculous <laughs> production right but injuries are always tough uh hard to predict so a linebacker eight is a lot for me to swallow because you're essentially taking on an asset that you hope returns to that form in another exactly. year. Uh, even linebacker 12 that we have him at our, our rankings, I'd probably right. be convinced to not take him there uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. But it's, tough. Just, it's a tough decision. Yeah, I'm risk averse when it comes to, to yeah. IDP. Not going to lie. I like the stable thing. So uh I will leave both of those for someone else to to deal with uh, while I take, you know, quote unquote, surer bets. Yeah, I am right there with you being risk averse, um, at least with my studs um, or I'm like fading IDPs altogether and going for my reaches and my sleepers that I like later on. But yeah, um, 
Give me the defensive linemen ahead of both of these guys. Give me the Miles Garrett's of the world, the Max Crosby's. Gosh, maybe even your Thibodeau's and Hutchinson's I might want. Oh, over, sure. Over them, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I think that was that was really good points on them. Um, a guy that sneaks in kind of in between them here, which is an interesting name, is is Logan Wilson from the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he's kind of wedged in between them on both sides. Um, you know, similar to Devin White, I think he he set such a, a high ceiling for us. In let me see here. Oh no, he didn't much say. But oh, the, what did he have? Um, now his best year was last yeah. year. So twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Right, he he tackles wise. Yeah. So in twenty twenty one, he had four interceptions. I think I thought it was oh, sacks that carried him that yeah. year. But so the way that Devin White set his bar uh, a few years ago with those nine and a half sacks, and then you mentioned it was five and a half, then three and a half. You know, we kind of got spoiled with those. You know, sort of. Um, cherry on top plays. Same thing with Logan Wilson. 2021, four picks. I know 2022, I remember very vividly him. The first, like, almost half of the season, he started off very, very slow. Yeah, he was giving you his solid tackle numbers, but he was it was nothing else. No interceptions, passes defended, forced fumbles, nothing like that. And then he kind of got all those stats um, in the second half of the year, which was nice. He at least, you know, started to – to come to fruition, man. Um, he's also missed a handful of games almost every year, I think, battling injuries. So I don't know if I'm – I'm, like, a little surprised to see him here. I think he gets the age bump, right? So he's only entering his fourth year age uh, – what is it? Age 27 season. So I think that is is boosting um, Wilson a little bit. Again, with the sort of memories of years past when – you know, he people will probably a combination of people probably got him super late, super deep in 2021 because he was kind of an emerging sleeper. He knocked it out of the park for them, and they remember that. And now we're both ranking him, and people are drafting him, um, you know, quite high uh, here. So I think there's a little bit of that effect going on. Um, what, what's your what's your Logan Wilson take? Oh, my take is I want him to be someone else's problem. Uh, he never, you, you love splash plays, especially right. from linebackers, right? You uh, cannot, especially interceptions, right? Like yeah, a lot of that huge. is just right place at right time, especially mm-hmm. at the linebacker position. Like it's not frequently that quarterbacks are targeting people that Logan Wilson is necessarily guarding, you know? Right. So, uh, you always want his tackles to be better. You want his sacks to be better at the linebacker position. And like, you don't want to be relying on interceptions for, for that spot. Right. But in the same token, like he's a consistent player. He gets the play time when he's out there. Uh, he is young. Like right. you'd mentioned, he has some injury concerns. Uh, the way I usually handle the linebacker spot is I either want one of the studs, which we're about to talk about. So one of those, yeah. you know, top five, guys uh or i'm gonna stockpile people like logan wilson just a bunch of those people that are just always out there that are going to get stats uh so i don't i don't love logan wilson at linebacker 10 or linebacker 9 i think you kind of nailed it for why he's there uh but he's one of those candidates that i would recommend let someone else go get him there's higher upside folks out there he feels like that guy like when the run starts right when somebody takes the Roquans of the world, the 
uh, foyers of the world. If and you you know if you're not part of that run, you're like, oh, I gotta get a linebacker, and it feels like Logan Wilson is like the perfect guy to sort of settle. You're sort of settling for a Logan Wilson at that at that price tag. So um, again, I might stick to an edge or a defensive end in that range. When the splash plays work, they really work. Like if you had him on your roster for the last few weeks of the season, I'm looking at my very is the same league, very average scoring. So uh, tackle is fine. Splash plays give you pretty nice points. You know, his last three weeks of the season that he played 34 and a half, 31, 28 and a half. So when the splash plays are there, like he can win you games. But you look at where he started is all over the map. I see a four. 13 9 it's just it's uh, not someone you can consistently roll out there and feel confident that he's going to at least give you that floor and tackles right exactly. so it's those types of people i'll let someone else figure them out and have to worry about whether they're starting him or someone else uh and, I, and i'll find the more stable people exactly so for i think the advice is for startups we're kind of fading him at this price tag he's Mm -hmm. obviously a strong hold if you've already had him so yeah he was a guy i was getting in startups a couple of years ago i love having him on my team because of the price i got him then but the price that you have to get him now if you're just starting a brand new dynasty startup kind of fading uh both the adp and the rankings here to be honest um a little bit there it just feels a little a little too expensive for what you know they like said with the inconsistencies like it's just it's just yeah and and jermaine pratt the lb2 there just re-signed a bit of a surprising Mm -hmm. deal but he's back so you really know that established linebacker core and what to expect from those people. So based on where they're being drafted, I kind of prefer the Jermaine Pratt's of the world that get close to a hundred combined tackles and 76% defensive snaps played uh, versus the player that's being, because if you were to look up his AADP or his ranking, it'd be way down there, right? Versus the Logan Wilson that doesn't have a whole lot of better stats, to be honest, being drafted. Right. In the Absolutely. Spot on. All right. Um, so I want to talk about the rookies here that show up on the on the ranking side. Um, we've got Will Anderson, the edge rusher from the Houston Texans. He comes in at uh, on our rankings at the defensive lineman five or linebacker eleven, depending on his eligibility. Um, and then we are, are super bullish on Jack Campbell. Um, he ends up at LB six there, the one, two, three, four, five, six overall uh, defensive player. Now, for up to me, I would have them swapped probably personally in my rankings. Um, I'm a little more bullish on Anderson than Campbell personally. Uh, I just think, I don't know, Campbell is going to be a star, I think, and he's going to be 100-plus tackle guy year in and year out. I just worry about his his ability for splash plays and if his role is going to put him in a position for splash plays. Where I see Anderson especially going to D'Amico Ryans, I mean, he's going to get the maximum out of that guy. He's going to know where to put him, when to put him to, I mean, he. I, I'm calling for double-digit sacks right off the bat. Could have some picks. I know he's going to force some fumbles. Could, you know, pick up some fumbles. And I think he has the potential to kind of like a Garrett, Miles Garrett, like 50, 60 tackles a year. Um, it would be awesome if he had more than that. So, I think that combination versus, let's say, just 120 total combined tackles for Jack Campbell without much else, I'd prefer that. But Jack Campbell's going to be on the field a ton, 
and the high-powered Lions offense, I think, is going to have that defense on the field at time, allowing for Campbell to potentially be in the in the place to make those splash plays. So I do really like both of them. I just would personally kind of flip their positions where we have them on the right side of the, of the rankings there. So what do you think about both these guys? Sure. Uh, for me, it depends on everything. Depends always, right? Everything's always so dependent on other things. Uh, your league scoring and where your team is at. I have more faith in Jack Campbell being a better fantasy asset uh, at the very least in the next few years than Will Anderson does. That's That's not to discredit anything that you just said about Will Anderson's (laughs) upside as a real player. Like that is totally there. I feel very confident that Jack Campbell is going on a Lions defense that has been sorely needing a stable linebacker there, right? Like Alex Anzalone, fine. Uh, the darling of hard knocks, yeah. you know, Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah. Fine. Like no one, no one has really taken the reins uh, mm-hmm. on that defense at the linebacker spot and drafting them. I think it was 18th overall. The, the Lions are expecting Jack Campbell to be that. And that's exactly what it was in college. He's kind of, he's kind of like, He's yeah, kind of like a Roquan Smith, I think, right. where, I mean, I'll have to look it up, but I don't think Smith gets a whole lot of splash plays, does he? Just, um, you're just... Yeah, let me check. I think he he's in there with, with fumbles, um, forced fumbles and recoveries, a decent amount. Okay, um, okay he had four and a half sacks, but 170 right. combined tackles. Yeah. And the, only, and the only way that you can do that is by being on the field for a cajillion snaps. And then those kind of forced fumbles things, they just happen because you're there. You're, you're making plays. You're not, when you're around the ball a lot, those things kind of just happen. So I love Jack Campbell's landing spot. I fully expect him to get 85, 90% of the snaps on that Detroit lions defense because no one else has really proven to me on that defense that they can do it versus uh, the Will Anderson's of the world who are going to be, uh, yeah. you project to be great, uh, but it's harder to predict sacks, and these can be very sack reliant. True. So uh, we keep saying it, it's dependent on your your league yeah. scoring, and if you're in win now mode, if you need someone that right now that you can just strut out there and get you probably ten to fifteen points a game, Jack Campbell's that person for me because mm-hmm. we know he's going to be playing a lot and. Uh, you don't, I said it last time, you don't have to be good to get tackles, which is mm-hmm. why many people don't like the the tackle heavy scoring leagues. They prefer <laughs> right. the splash plays. But a lot of us, the default settings for IDP leagues, which many of us play in, are, are tackle heavy. So that's yeah. reflected here. First, Will Anderson, where he's going to be great. He's going to be a stud. But yeah. it, as I mentioned, it takes a bit longer for a defensive lineman to really get their footing other than the the big exceptions. Uh, but coming into this year, Will Anderson very well could be that exception, could just be a dynamite mm-hmm. person. But I feel more confident uh, in Jack Campbell. Hey, listen, if we agreed on everything, this wouldn't be nearly as fun, right? <laughs> but no, I, I love that point of view. I think that's right. I think my brain is worked because I'm coming from a point of view where I am playing in mostly leagues that are – more of a either balanced or like do skew to the heavier sack points and uh these these edge rushers are are more valuable or at least as valuable as the top tier linebackers so that's where my brain is coming from but you're absolutely right for people that might play more normal quote-unquote idp leagues like sacks are only worth three maybe four points at the most versus tackles might be two or one and a half um 
Jack Campbell is absolutely the pick there for sure. Uh, I tweeted out a few weeks ago in the middle of rookie draft, a 16-teamer, full offense, full IDP, 11 on 11, 53-man rosters. I took Jack Campbell over Zay Flowers, a first-round wide receiver. Um, so I, I am very bullish on both of them. Let's uh, let's make that very clear. I, I, I love both of them. I think they are both going to be IDP studs. Um, pretty much from day one, <laughs> I'll call that shot. Um, so I, I really like both of them. Um, if you can somehow end up with both on your teams, I would say you're in really good shape. <laughs> yeah, just for the context, I'm looking at ESPN's default scoring, okay. which we love IDP. We yeah. fully support and want everyone to get into IDP. The easiest way to do that, usually without us crazy people, right, is <laughs> you just add IDP and you just use the default settings. Because, right, yeah. who 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 has the time to figure out the more advanced stuff? Uh, but on ESPN, for example, the, a solo tackle, one and a half points. Assisted yeah. tackle, uh, 0.75 points. Tackle for loss, two points. And a sack is four points. Right. So all it takes is Jack Campbell to have essentially two solo tackles and an assist which could have which could happen on the first drive to equal an entire sack which you would be happy uh if will anderson gets that you know once every other game so it's all within context so we're trying to be broad here uh, in terms of who we're trying to appeal to on this podcast especially i feel like the diehards (laughs) understand that and kind of know where we're coming from uh but that's where you see those those tackle numbers, and it's like, oh, that's that's pretty nice, right? Right. Of course, um, roster, you know, rosters, the amount of starters that are going into it, the total number of IDPs going into that. Anytime, it, anytime that's shrunken at all, the the linebackers are king, and you pretty much don't need to worry about any other positions. And if guys like Will Anderson are eligible a linebacker in those kinds of leagues. He actually loses some value because of both the com- the combination of the scoring and uh, the fact that you're not starting a ton of IDPs. You know, I play in a dynasty where it's only uh, four altogether, one of each and a flex. So, like, yeah, Will Anderson absolutely loses value in leagues like that. And you should act- absolutely be going after a guy like Campbell. And I think that's why the rankings reflect them um, like they do. So that that was good. I, that was fun. I like that discussion. I, I think we we hashed that out pretty. It's good. all just dependent <laughs> on scoring, man. Yeah. Like I, I I'm all for more balance than that default ESPN scoring because I I am a sucker yeah. for tackles. Like I don't care if you're good or bad. You were there, you know. And that's that's the most common thing that happens on on that side of the ball, right? Like everyone's yeah. getting tackled on you know on most of the plays. So. Um, it's, it's, it needs to be an important piece to the puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then the same token, that's why people don't necessarily love the tackles, right? It's like, oh, it's just the basic thing, but I'm in leagues where every rush a running back does get you points, you know, and like, right. that doesn't mean it was good. You're yeah. right. You know, yeah. it just means you're involved, which is got the ball. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's why guys like Alex Anzalone have value because he's on the field for 85, 90% of snaps. He's making tackles. Not helping you out much anywhere else, especially as a real football player. <laughs> but you know, exactly. He's he's a fringe linebacker three when it's all said and done. Um, so absolutely makes sense. All right, we're pretty much at the studs now. Um, let's let's just r- rattle off. I'm just gonna rattle off the names as one big group and kind of we'll probably just kind of play like uh, who would you rather? So um at dominating the tops of both ADP and rankings are the following. 
Uh, we've got Roquan Smith, linebacker in Baltimore. Nick Bolton, linebacker in Kansas City, who came on big last year and unfortunately had a really big play against my Eagles in the Super Bowl. Kind of tough to see him up this high. <laughs> um, we've got the number one IDP score in pretty much any format, even even sack-heavy formats, is Foyer Lulacan from the Jacksonville Jaguars and previously the Atlanta Falcons. We've got Mr. TJ Watt, and we've got Micah Parsons, who rumored to be taking on more of a full-time, hand-in-the-dirt, defensive end type role this year um, versus that sort of hybrid edge, you know, going to stand up and, and cover and play some linebackers. So why don't we actually start with him there? Because... I still see Michael Parsons going off very frequently as the number one. You can see him over in the ADP. He's number two overall defensive player being taken. And I see him going number one all the time, um, especially in sack heavy. But I'm I'm a little nervous this year, Matt. I don't know about how are you feeling about Michael Parsons with this rumored like role change potentially. Yeah, I think he's a player that's it's very dependent on where you can get him from a position standpoint. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the inverse of some of the, at least to me, like yeah. Will Anderson being a DLN linebacker, like that's a bit of a detriment. Whereas Parsons, I was having as a linebacker who in the last two years consistently got a bunch of sacks and had a, a decent enough floor and tackles looking at last year. Uh, 13 and a half sacks, 65 combined tackles. Uh, previous year, 13 sacks, 84 combined tackles. So pretty, pretty consistent stuff there. Yeah. Um, you just love his upside uh, in that defense, right? Like he has a very stable role. Uh, he's obviously moving around, which makes me a little worried because that's sort of how, sort of how the Buccaneers handled uh, our good friend uh, Devin White. Where it's like, you're going to be a jack of all trades, which means you can't really rely on him for a whole lot of things. Right. Uh, I love him in best ball. <laughs> like if he can somehow yeah. fall to you, I'm in some IDP only best balls. And by fall to you, you have to have a top two pick. Right. Uh, but right. you like absolutely love that. In terms of consistent play, I, I do like some of the other people more that are around him, uh, around him there. So I, I always like hedging. I, I think he's going to live up to his uh, definitely LB five uh, sort of price tag. Like he is a, he should absolutely based on pedigree and what he's done the last two years, be drafted as a top five uh, linebacker uh, DL two. You could convince me some of the other people have more stable spots. So depends on where you get them and what you're, what you're trying to do. Yeah. The thing that makes me nervous is the, you know, so the 13 and 13 and a half sacks that's staying consistent. But you saw the combined tackles and, and solos specifically drop Damn. by 20, um, which is not insignificant, um, where he was already this past year sort of taking that plunge into, into playing more of that dedicated defensive end more than the hybrid edge rusher type type role. So that's the thing that kind of makes me nervous. I think that tackle floor kind of took a hit. And unless he's going to give you, you know, put a – more like historic uh pushing 20 sack range um if that sacks don't if that sack numbers don't grow this year then you kind of whiffed on him being a number one or a number two even 
overall uh, IDP player pick. So uh, that's where I'm just taking a little bit of caution um, with him. Now, again, I, I, I'm not necessarily trying to sell him if I already uh, have him on my dynasty squad, but for startups and, and for redraft this year, I'm a little more bearish um, than, than many who seem to still be very bullish and taking him number one overall. So um, I'm, I'm a smidge worried about Parsons this year just from the everything else. And you can see he was no picks in two years, only three passes defended in each year, uh, three forced fumbles, um, and he did recover three last year versus zero in his rookie year. So he's not giving you a lot of the splash play stuff either. Um, so yeah, that's I, kind of I, why I'm throwing up a little bit of a red flag here. I think we know who he is. Like I think I think mm-hmm. the the season we saw last year should be if that's his average, he's very still very good. Like his average yeah. points uh, per defensive oh. end. If you have a defensive end, he was still mm-hmm. the third best points per game player behind only Bosa and Max Crosby. Right. Right. Uh, And not too far off from Hassan Reddick and TJ Watt, who are also on our list there. Yeah. Uh, Granted, Watt had fewer games, but yeah, I think, I think your point is, is right. Like a lot of people that are still bullish on him, it's they'd like to talk about upside uh, and all that jazz, but like, well, we have a pretty good idea of who he is as a player. Still very good. Is he the second overall defensive player that should be taking off the board? Maybe right. depending on what your points are set up as, uh, right. or I mean, redraft absolutely. Like you, you'll take that stability anytime. But yeah, I anytime there's variables thrown in mm-hmm. to any player, whether it's a new defensive coordinator, a different scheme, or even in this case, uh, he's going to have a different role uh, mm-hmm. on the defense. In theory, we don't know until they're actually on the field. Uh, I, I don't I like to shy away from said variability and go with the more stable options. Yeah. Now the other side of the coin here, and that make make me look like a complete dummy, is that if he is dedicating more time, energy, and practice into being a pure defensive end, we could see that sack number skyrocket into the 16 or greater amount. And that's gonna absolutely put him at the top of the the IDP scores, um, even if the other stuff stays flat. So, you know, that there is that possibility too. I'm more of a pessimist in life. I think he probably sticks around 13, 14, maybe 15. I would be shocked to see him go totally nuclear, but, um, you know, yeah, it remains to be seen. So he's, he's going to be an interesting case study this year. Either people are, I think are going to be, uh, paid off big time by by keeping him up there at that number one, number two level, or they're going to finish the year kind of disappointed um, in, in, in that level of the, of the uh, draft capital they gave him in their drafts. Oh, oh yeah, as someone with a bunch of Parsons stock coming out <laughs> of college, ecstatic to see it. Yeah. But you watch the games and a lot of his impact and why he's so good and why he's ranked so high is because how good he is at that job. As a really good defensive lineman, though, it, that does not always end in sacks. Like, he even said it uh, going into this year, I believe, already. He's not even interested in getting the sack record or or leading the league in sacks, right? Because you yeah. watch him play, and he's disruptive, and oh, he's yeah. making quarterbacks do stuff they don't want to do. It's like, oh, you are an insanely good defensive lineman, edge rusher, <laughs> linebacker, whatever you want to call him. But that does not always show up on the stat sheet. And uh-huh. to your point, uh, it has the last two years. Yeah. But there's no guarantee that it will this next year, and it's 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 frustrating watching 
the Cowboys defense when you have him because you yeah. want him to get all these sacks all the time. But right. uh, his last five games last year, six points, 8.75, 18.75, 6.25, 8.25. And I can tell you as someone with him in the playoffs, it wasn't because it wasn't because he wasn't being disruptive and being right. insanely good at what he's being paid to do. It was because he didn't get the splash play. You know, so he does not have the tackle floor as some of these other people do with combined with the what we've seen so far, the the sack ceiling to warrant being, you know, that high up. I'm biased. I like him as LB5 uh, DL2. That feel that feels right to me, uh, but yeah. I would not take him second overall. Absolutely. Yeah, I like where we have him in our rankings uh, much more than uh, the actual ADP. So, so let someone else figure it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, oh, a, a name I missed there, too, was Nick Bosa. Shoot, he's he needs to be talked about quickly, too. But um, I wanted to transition to TJ Watt quickly uh, because, you know, he's getting older uh, for Dynasty. He's, he's missing games. But, boy, when he's on the field, he, he probably has the highest ceiling of, of any of these guys, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and yeah, that is it's truly what are you trying to do? Because he has an injury risk, right? Uh, right. Uh, he's older. He's going into his seventh year. Uh-huh. Uh, but the year before last, he had 22 and a half sacks. <laughs> I did a cover on it. Like, what's love got to do to be the number <laughs> Uh, right. number one fancy player again and he was truly league winning so he offers that upside yeah. uh but it's it's tough because he doesn't have the tackle floor uh, he's averaging about quick math 60 combined tackles it's just the the sacks like he's a he's a guy that very similar to uh parsons where no you need the sacks or else you're not getting anything yeah Absolutely. You're not, he's not not getting anything. He's not going to live up to the, the draft capital that it took to get him. So yeah. in terms of, you know, startups, like he kind of like Parsons has league winning potential. Uh, and he, he's kind of the, the entire Pittsburgh defense runs on what yeah. basically. Yeah. So I kind of see them kind of the, the same spot. Like maybe I like Parsons a little more for dynasty just yeah. because of the youth right. there. And yet to have knock on wood injury risk uh but yeah you're not going to be mad if you have him but at the prices you're probably going to pay for him if you're doing a a full a full startup you know offense and defense someone's reaching for tj watt very high up uh, and i'd rather wait a bit longer to get a yeah a bosa or parsons i'm right there with you i want to believe i want i want the magic to be recreated but um you know the the age is might be catching up with him a little bit, unfortunately. So um, flip to Nick Bosa quickly. Uh, he's actually the number one on the ADP side. Uh, he's our DL three. Again, you know, our DLs get pushed down a little bit. Um, but Bosa, you know, is, is in that perfect age apex of his prime of his career. Um, bounce back from that, his season ending injury a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and he's just a monster. Um I want to check what is his. Uh, I know he he's going nuts on sacks every year, right? But I want to check his uh, his tackles. Yeah, um, he. Uh, yeah, so he's a lot lower in 50, tackles. 52, 51 right. uh, Previous two years, 
and and I think this is a a thing to note. Uh, not a whole lot of people. IDP is growing. There there are few, uh, more and more IDP leagues, but the default is to not do IDP. Is still team defense. So yeah. when you do start a new uh, IDP league, people go based off of the names that they know. Nick yeah. Bosa, uh, I do believe, won Defensive Player of the Year last year. So yeah. I'm not surprised. You can't win Defensive Player of the Year and not be one of the best defensive players, right? Yeah. As as you mentioned, his sacks were insane. He was disruptive. He was he was great. So I'm not surprised that the Defensive Player of the Year is going to go one uh, yeah. from from you know the consensus. Yeah, uh, yeah us uh, people that are a little more. I'll say we're more savvy. Yeah. Uh, we're more in the weeds. Know that he's not the best IDP asset for exactly right. what you said. He, d- he doesn't have the, the tackle floor. He gets yeah. the sacks, but sacks are fickle. Like even right. if he goes down to, you know, 14 sacks, which is still an insanely good year, that does not live up to the DL one. Someone's going right. to have more than that uh, mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, so just be, just be wary. Uh, be wary of, of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in your yeah. Teams comparing these seasons now that we've you know dug in and, and started to look at the stats i mean miles garrett deserves to be way closer to nick bosa than than he is um both in idp uh and, and rankings i think um yeah so uh you know yeah, nick we, bosa, we can be wrong we can be wrong right. I, I think we're seeing that the more we talk about it the more it's like you know what i think miles yeah. garrett should be way higher right i know i mean, just said comparing it i mean yeah nick bosa's giving you i mean garrett's giving you i won't say way but like a, a not insignificant amount more of tackles than than bosa gives you so um you know and they're they're pretty much right there in sacks they're only off by a couple so yeah i think uh uh, you know, and that's why I love talking to this stuff because now we decided, like, hey, you know, Nick Bose is going as the first player off the board ADP wise. Miles Garrett should probably be a lot closer to and deserving of that, you know, thinking about it and looking at it, um, along with Bash Cosby. I mean, they could all go top three right off the bat there in your in your sack heavy leagues and in your not sack heavy leagues. I think we transition to the linebackers here that we're we're going to talk about in. Roquan, Nick Bolton, and Foyer Lilikon. Um, now, of course, TJ Watt kind of moonlights as a linebacker in certain leagues too, but these guys are pure. Uh, stick them in the middle, 100 tackles, you know, giving you some defended passes, interceptions, all that good stuff. Um, I mean, we're really splitting hairs here. I guess we'll start with Foyer. Can he do it again? He's been the top IDP guy for two years now on two different teams. Can he keep it going? I keep fading him and he keeps proving me Uh-oh. wrong. Same. Right? Like like anyone here at the top of the list, it's you can't really talk about how great they are because you, you they can't everything can't be that great. Like you gotta find something to talk negative about him. Uh, but he right. keeps he keeps doing it. Yeah. The only thing I'll say, all I'll say from a dynasty dynasty perspective. Uh, obviously the Jaguars spent a lot of draft capital in Devin Lloyd uh, right. the year before very much underperformed, but it's still a player on the roster yeah. that's there. Uh, and then Chad Muma, who I really like performed very well when Devin Lloyd got hurt. Uh, and then as when Lloyd got healthy again, uh, Muma and Lloyd, you know, split some sacks and for you say was still number one and they paid yeah. him just a veritable crap ton of money. Yes. So you expect for the, I think it's two years left in his contract. Yes. Uh, I think we can expect similar production before you say it for the next two years. So yes, I think he could do it again. 
Uh, I think the Jaguars, we talk about this a lot. The offense is going to improve. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting Calvin Ridley back. Um, they, they put some, put some money in there. Mm-hmm. So there'll be fewer opportunities for Foyer say to put up the massive tackle numbers that he, ha- that he has, but he's going to get the play time. He's right there. Yeah. I think having him as LB three is right compared to the other two. Cause Roquan's been doing it for way longer. Uh, and the, he crushed it on the Ravens and they paid him a bunch of money to still be there. Uh, I guess you could make the argument about Nick Bolton with his breakout year last year uh, and then signing Drew Tranquil, but he's young, right? He's young. And we're talking right. dynasty here. You made a face with Drew Tranquil. Uh, I sure did. Yeah. We'll talk about that then. We'll get there. Uh, there there's an, there's enough. And on that roster has Leo, uh, Leo Chanel as well. Yeah. Go Badgers. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's maybe enough for me to, in a startup draft, lean Foyasade over over Nick Bolton. Yeah. But when you're talking pure dynasty startup, like Bolton's electric. He broke the mold in Kansas City uh, in terms of the the overall playing time. That's people faded him last year, and boy were they uh, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> boy, boy were they wrong. Uh, so there there are some flags there with Foyasade where there's other people on the roster. There's that with Nick Bolton too. Uh, which is why I typically avoid drafting those top, 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 top linebackers when I can. Yeah. It's so hard to love that ADP because I think Bolton last year was going as linebacker five or six. Like it wasn't nearly way up there. And now he's, you know, he's sort of skyrocketed up. Absolutely. So all that to say, I think our rankings are right. Uh, okay. I'm a, I'm a little biased. I definitely think it's Smith <laughs> Bolton uh, for you say, because I'm afraid to say his last name uh, <laughs> in terms of the top three linebackers. Uh, but as you've mentioned, you're kind of picking hairs. I think Roquan yeah. has the just the cleanest path there where he played with when he got traded there from the Bears go, going with Patrick Queen. We talked about Patrick Queen uh, uh, last time. Yeah. Right. Uh, where he was still very, very relevant, but Roquan was still kind of the LB1 there. Mm-hmm. They drafted Trenton Simpson, but they did not pick up uh, Queen's fifth year option. Right. So we expect Simpson to be the heir apparent to yeah. the queen role and not so much touching Roquan Smith. So I think he's the safest option out there. Right. And that's what it comes down to safety. Right. So um, Bolton is the fun, like new kid on the blog, young guy. Everyone wants youth in dynasty. So I get it. Um, Foy just feels like, you know, he's that he's a converted safety, a fifth round draft pick. And then you've got Roquan, a purebred first rounder, been doing it since day one so give it yeah give me the guy doing it since day one i like our rankings as well i could my mind is flipping a little bit to pop uh foyer over bolton sure um just as we're talking through here and looking at his stats like it's just incredible jacksonville's gonna be you know kind of similar to how i see detroit like they're gonna have a powerful offense probably in shootouts defense is gonna be on the field in, in you know, with a lot of key situations, I'm just on the field in general playing a lot of snaps with a lot of opportunity. But you can say the same thing for Kansas City. Now, Baltimore kind of might be the opposite. We talked about how, like, Tremaine Edmonds may have been disappointing because their offense, you know, was was so good and the overall defense was so good, they're more blowing people out, whereas Jacksonville's overall defense isn't that good. So, I think there's going to be more opportunity for a foyer. Um, Kansas City is tough to evaluate as a defense as a whole, I think. Like, they have really good young pieces in place mixed with some bets, but, like, they still gave up, like, a lot of points, I feel like. So, 
I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for me to to make a decision um, based on there. I'm gonna address the Drew Tranquil thing really quick. I don't think he affects anybody. Um, I think he came there. It, first of all, listen. He took him forever to break out. Right? He's been a sleeper for five years now, or whatever. And finally, yes, he breaks out. I think he goes to Kansas City as more of a depth piece role player. He wants a ring, probably, which I don't blame him. He's played in that division against them, watching them rack up Super Bowls and you know AFC championships against the lowly Chargers for however long. Um, give me both Gay and Chanel over Tranquil in dynasty rankings in redraft. I you know if that remains to be seen with injuries right. and stuff like that, but I'm still probably betting on both of them over Tranquil and redraft as well. I'm just not a fan. They took too long for it to happen and now he goes to a very muddy situation and i just don't think he's good enough to to break free and and earn more snaps than either of those guys we had we saw chanel have some breakout games um late in the season and we saw gay have a very solid season now that and then trank was only on a one year so even if you say they're not bringing back gay next year that has nothing to do with tranquil then he's only on a one year so i just feel like people are doing the ultimate, well, look what he did last year and thinking it's just going to, you know, apply that to this year. And I'm just, I'm looking at the talent and the, and the, uh, you know, uh, time that it took for him to break out. So I'm just, no, thank you on a guy like Drew. Tranquil. Oh, I'll <laughs> say this. I'll say this. If, if the addition of Drew is uh, bumping Nick Bolton down, yeah, especially redraft or, or really anything, jump on that like i'm looking yeah. at all three of these player stats and we're very much splitting hairs here like yeah. earnestly the tiebreaker uh, <laughs> might just be age for for some of yeah. these things for these players because they're all playing 98 99 100 uh -huh. of snaps all the time we're talking 180 combined tackles uh yeah. uh bolden has fewer big old splash plays than, right. uh, i had no idea roquan spent four and a half combined sacks last year yeah, he was. He, Which, that was. I think that was mostly in Chicago, but yeah. No, it was yeah. two and a, two and a half Chicago, two in Baltimore. Okay, split uh, pretty even. Though, so right. I guess yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, mostly, technically, yeah, <laughs> mostly there. But like these 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 guys are studs. If you're willing for your uh, your your startup dynasty, willing to spend the capital to draft one of them, like yeah. you've got yourself someone that's solid for the next at least two years, uh, yeah. if not more. Right, absolutely. Again, these are studs. We're splitting hairs. Flip a coin. Take the favorite from your favorite team. Take the younger guy. You're you're gonna get awesome production out of all these guys. So it's you know there's no right or wrong answer. Having claiming you know having claim over the LB one is uh, you know I guess a good pat on the back. I don't I don't know that that's gonna win you the league with as close as they are in points per game. So you know this is where it comes out to the fun factor. Um, like I said, pick 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 your guy uh, or flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, my, my ideal spot's probably drafting the third one of them. So whoever wants to get the first right. two, whatever order they go, I will take the third and be happy because the drop off. Uh, especially if we're going pure linebackers where the next right. linebacker probably in our rankings would be, you know, a Jack Campbell or Quay Walker. The drop off right. is fairly steep. So, yeah. so go get one of those top three. Absolutely. Um, awesome. So we've now finished our comparisons of ADP versus consensus rankings. Now, both of those things are constantly oh. updating, constantly changing over at IDP guys. 
become a subscriber, you can get the real-time data as we continue to pump out mock drafts and adjust our rankings as we talk through stuff like this. I know this is going to change my opinion on a handful of these guys. Some guys I'm going to slide up, some guys I'm going to slide down. So, uh, so I love doing this kind of stuff. Um, instead of just staring at the computer screen, racking my own brain, having Matt to bounce it off here, I think this is great. Hopefully it's working for you, vice versa there. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the IDP Guys channel. Uh, we are very close to our giving away signed Nicobe Dean jersey. Yes. I think at the time we're taping this, we are 12 subscribers away. Uh, so subscribe, get on there. We're going to be coming at you uh, every week or every couple weeks during the off season, but definitely during the season, we're going to get you the stuff you need uh, to win your leagues. And yeah, just being able to talk through these things, uh, bounce things off of us. If you have questions you want us to answer, please, please reach out. We're hoping to do sort of a mailbag section at some point uh, in this podcast. Or your real questions where we don't have to just make up league settings right. and actually yes. give us the nitty gritty, and then we can give real concrete feedback uh, versus you know trying to play every angle. So yeah, please reach out. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, we're very open. We're just happy to be talking IDP amongst friends. Absolutely. And I have, um, hoping to get to next week. Um, I do have a Facebook user, um, uh, from our IDP Facebook group, which Ooh. if you want to join, you can join that too. Um, however, I very much recommend becoming a website subscriber, joining our discord chat where you can really have uh, full access to the entire staff here, um, including myself and Matt and a, a handful of really great, uh, fantasy brains who, you know, are just we just love doing this kind of stuff so we, and I, we love talking through your team decisions making cuts making draft picks all that good stuff but i do have dominic dominic has some stuff that we're going to go over next week um Heck yeah like you said some very specific questions to his league and settings and and what to do here and there how to make it better um i'd love to talk through that with with people um how can i improve my leagues how can i go to my league mates and say let's try to make this more fun and make it better which is generally so i have a saying i i've been using a lot recently is maximum flat flexibility equals maximum fun so mm -hmm. more roster spots more flex spots uh, don't restrict position uh, counts. I've seen that floated by. Uh, just keep maximum flexibility, and I think that allows for maximum fun. So I'm going to use that as kind of coin that catchphrase here going forward. But, Love it. <laughs> but uh, no, we appreciate everyone who is sticking with us here and listening, and hopefully uh, this finds a new audience as well. And like I said, um, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Dicey Santa. Matt, you are? at m record 21 yes excellent and we all uh the main account at idp guys uh we are always uh looking through the mentions there so questions you can direct to us there but love to have you hit us up here in the youtube comments or uh like i said join that facebook group um we're, we're active on there too so um that's episode two we really appreciate everybody listening uh do if you want to sign up for the contest get that sweet sweet Nakobe Dean autograph jersey. There is a sure. contest link to make sure you're signed up on the idpguys.org website. And uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Really appreciate everyone. And uh, we'll see you soon. I'll see you next week. <laughs>